Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ethan's Thoughts. Everybody, today is the day you have all been waiting for. My Williams Tell All episode, Ethan Talks WBU, is now. Right now, I am at my honeymoon. I'm living it up in Disney World with my wife. I'm wearing my wedding band because I am married. Not filming this at Disney World, of course, pre-recorded, but that's where I'm at when you're listening. But today's the day. You've all been waiting for this episode, and it is here. I'm going to share my time at Williams. There'll be some good. There's going to be some bad. There's going to be some funny. Might be an untraditional episode in terms of length, so hope you guys can bear with me on this. This is a special episode. Not each episode will be like this going forward. The long episodes that are, you know, a little bit more this, a little bit more that, those are going to be Ethan's friends, which is still in the works. A lot of cool stuff developing, but still in the works. But nonetheless, you guys have waited so long for this. Let's not make you wait any longer. Let's get into this episode. All right, everybody, here we go. Let's just go straight into this Williams Tells All episode. Ethan shares his stories. Third person talk, me. So here's how we're going to do it. We're going to go from freshman year. We're going to go year by year. I've thought of some things I want to say. You know, it's, it is going to be like, a you know, funny memories and funny stories. But it's also going to be like a moment of just kind of saying what I feel and saying what I think about certain situations that happened each year. So this is going to be like a little bit of funny, a little bit of like straight talk. So embrace, brace yourself for the straight talk. Um, I won't be like, I love Williams. I recommend everybody goes there, you know, if it's for you. So you're not going to hear any kind of talk like don't go there. It's a disaster pit, but just going to, it's not even like the whole university's fault of some of the things that happened. So we're going to just going to kind of break through all that. So freshman year started off high and mighty. You know what I mean? Like it was like the top of the world kind of thing. And so we got here and pretty much what the Williams tell all episode is like just telling my story at Williams, but like I'm going in detail and telling funny stuff. So like we got the freshman year um, within like 12 hours of me being there, the AC went out. That's a usual that has happened before. I think I went three straight years having my AC be out at the beginning of the year and the third year it wasn't my building but it was out across in wilson so yes but i was roommates with hayden creasy he is a decent guy we uh we knew each other a little bit from high school so we decided to be roommates when we were both coming to williams and we didn't really connect as roommates as you can say we kind of had like a bunch of uh issues with that just like cleanliness, you know, we didn't really connect with that. We didn't really vibe with each other, you could say. He would have like random times where it'd be like three o'clock in the morning. I wake up and he's got a griddle and he's grilling barbecue pork chops. And one time it was like pretty late at night. I look and there's people standing there with plates. He's got, he's feeding half of Wilson. I was like, what in the world? And so there was a few moments like that. I, he was a little more messy than I tended to have it preferred and be so. We kind of just did, we butt heads a little bit. I think I accidentally, I stepped on his griddle and broke it. And I think I did. I just remember we had like a little bit of a moment of fallout where it was kind of like I had enough what was bothering me. And then he was frustrated enough where he just didn't care that I was doing what I was going to do. And that was tell the residence director, I was like, we got to make a swap. So he says, if we want to, we have to agree to swap with someone else who's willing to swap with us. And I was like, okay. That sounds fair enough. Well, I kind of then took three people and made them think it was their idea, which I'm not trying to say is the best thing to do. But I talked to Hayden Crafton. Shout out Hayden Crafton. He replaced me with Hayden Creasy. He lived up there, and Hayden Crafton actually stayed in that room for the rest of college. So shout out to him. And I moved downstairs with Andrew Pace. So it was me and Andrew rooming together a couple doors down. We had Ethan Meredith, and then we had Remington rush the king himself right across the hall from us and so it was really really awesome really really cool for our friend group to have like all of us living again we made a lot of good memories during that freshman 
first semester, second semester is where it really cranks up. But during that first semester, freshman year, busy time. If you're an OG at Williams, by OG, I mean class of 2023, but you came in as a freshman, class of 2022 or 2021, um, and really 2020 as well. You know about the fruit hole. So on the sidewalk in front of Cash Wilson that takes you to the cafeteria, there was a huge hole in the ground, about a foot deep. And people would put fruit in there. At first, it was just simple, kind of like, you know, I got a banana. I'm going to eat the banana. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to put the peeling in there in this fruit hole. Then it'd be like an orange. Then it'd be like an apple, you know, things like that. Well, then it turned into more stuff, different types of food, pizza, all those other types of food. Then the breaking point for me and Andrew was that somebody put a whole pumpkin in there. They put an entire pumpkin in there. And I just had enough with that. So after that, we decided that we were going to do something about it. We were going to go and fill in the hole. So we dug all the trash out, all the food, put in this trash bag, and we got some dirt and we filled in the hole. I remember going a few days at campus. There was people like, man, what happened to the fruit hole? And I'm like, ah, dude, I don't know. I don't know what happened. And Andrew, this was more for Andrew's sake. Andrew had us out there like James Bond, Mission Impossible type stuff. I mean, we're wearing black. We're like looking around, being lookouts and stuff. And I'm like, there's nobody going to come. Security does walk up, but they really don't care what we're doing because we're not doing anything crazy. So we kind of just kept chilling. And um, that's pretty much all I have of freshman year, kind of like our first semester. You know, our friend group got closer and there wasn't really anything crazy. Second semester of freshman year is probably my favorite single semester of college. And it got cut in half by COVID. So I call that second semester the wild, wild west and stuff. It kind of fits. It would fit more if they were living in West Hall over there in Sutherland. But so we, it was just like the combination of we had been, us freshmen, my group included, specifically my group, we kind of just clicked so well with a lot of the older people early on that we kind of felt invincible. That's really not a good thing. But we felt like we could get away with a lot of stuff. So we noticed that we can get away with a lot of stuff. We started doing things such as, well, when we moved back in, I came back for a, co- a campus ministry re- retreat. And I'll touch on my time with campus ministry in a minute. I used to be on the leadership team at campus ministry. So we came back for a campus ministry retreat. I came back early. And I had a lot of personal stuff going on in life. I was learning a lot of hard lessons. Shame on me. But we went to the campus ministry retreat. And before we came back, I recognized that there was an open room in cash. My friends were moving into lower cash. 103, I think. 10, no, 105, something like that. They were moving into lower cash. And then we were, their suite mate was a single guy. He had no roommate. And you're not allowed to have a single room in cash. Now, that year, if there was any semester it was not going to be enforced and he could have gotten away with it, it was that semester. And I knew that. But we went and told him that, hey, you can't do that. And he was like, how come? And I was like, because Cap said he's going to either put you a roommate or you can swap with us and get a private room in Wilson and not have to pay a $400 fee. I made I had no business making that kind of promise to that guy. I had no business whatsoever. But I made it. And he took it. So we moved into lower cash. We left our room in Wilson with the lower cash and roomed with uh, Nathan and them. And we created the game room, the man cave. We put all four of our beds in one room. And then the other side of the suite, we put all of our computers, our game consoles, big TV, couch, all this kind of like lounging stuff. Well, that didn't really last about a month because people kind of like more so me. I got frustrated of just how clean it was. I didn't like the crowdiness and stuff. And so I kind of arranged a little a little sneaky move where I kind of convinced everybody that it was their idea individually and had everybody we had like a we actually did this. I'm not even joking, but about every like two weeks we'd have like a sweet meeting where we'd like talk about our rooming situation. And I got everybody to like bring up that they think it's best we split back into two beds, two beds. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And I'm the one that put it in all their heads privately. So we did that. Me and Andrew went to one suite. They went to the other. Now, we still had like free door open up 
you know, like where I could go into theirs whenever they want. I wanted, they could come in ours whenever we wanted. We still had the TV and couch in their suite and we could come in and sit there, watch whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. So it was like, it was still that kind of connection, which is still more freedom and more, uh, comfortable than other suites. However, we slept in separate rooms and that's what I care about the most. And that was legit. Probably the best parts of the thing. We had a great, I had a great relationship with a lot of the older guys, you know, Drake, Heath, Braden, Brock, Corbett, Jacob. Like these are guys I really, really like that were here. Um, I didn't get to know Malik till sophomore year as much, but we were, Heath and I were close that year specifically, especially that semester. Um, I stayed a lot in his room and hung out with him a lot. But during our times in the game room, we had Zach and Noah across the hall. Shout out to Zach. He's no longer at Williams. He left after this single semester and he never got to come back. But Zach was with Noah. We were at all of our friends like right there, literally and like reaching of each other. It was awesome. And we had a pretty good interreal basketball team. I actually scored 11 points career high. It used to just be season high, but then now it's a solidified career high. Um, I hit two threes that game. Shout out me, the lab, you know, what's up. But in our crazy time in Cash Wilson, here's why I call it the crazy West, the wild, wild West. So whenever we knew we were moving in, right, we decided like I made that move about 12 hours, six hours before I left to go on the campus ministry trip, the retreat. We were going to leave early the next morning, and I came in the day before to go ahead and start moving my stuff because we'd already made permission to make the move. So we go in there, and I went and got on sending pictures to Andrew. I had a desk that – or he had a desk that I wanted, but I didn't have that desk in my room. So I took my desk out, went to an empty room, which wasn't really empty. It was just someone's room that they hadn't come back from Christmas break with. I know this is bad, but I put their desk, I put my desk in their room and I took theirs. And then I did the same thing with a chair. And then we both did it with a dresser when he came back. That's part of the wild west. Other people were doing it. Everybody had free access to the storage rooms. I really, I didn't go in there much unless I had to because I didn't want to know what was in there. But sometimes we go in there and like, you know, be getting some stuff and things like that. But it was crazy times, dude, crazy times. And oh goodness gracious. Crazy, crazy times. Um, one of the crazy times we have was we had this guy named Ryan Drindle. Ryan Drindle, God love him, but it just kind of felt like he always, you know, it kind of felt like he always had that I'm the, you know, I'm the cool guy. I'm a senior. I think he was like a fifth year, sixth year senior when I was there. And he was kind of annoying at times. I'm not going to lie. One time he starts banging on our door at like 10, 10 o'clock on a Friday night while we're watching a movie and asking us to turn the movie down so that he can go to bed. I was like, no, no. Well, he left, did it again. We said no. Then he goes to the RA, right? He goes to the RA. Well, I was close friends with RA. So Heath just said, he's just going to keep knocking. I told him I can't do anything about it right now. So we went to the storage room. We took two mattresses out of the storage room, which is totally not what we're allowed to do, not being RAs. And even RAs don't need to uh, do this. But we took the mattresses to our room, and we boarded our door up with the mattresses so that we couldn't hear him knock. So when he started knocking, we didn't know. We couldn't hear it. One time we faintly heard it, but we just left it. But, dude, it was absolutely awesome. Um, those years were great. And then COVID happened. So, like, the real, the really cool thing about Williams, about COVID, was we knew it was happening. Like, I know a lot of other schools, I hear people say, like, there was a lot of confusion, a lot of uncertainty, and there was, but all my professors specifically, I didn't hear it from the school like this, but I heard it from my professors. They, like, just went all rogue and stuff, you know, and they were telling us stuff that they were hearing in the meetings. But it was like, there's a 90% chance. I legit had a professor tell me, there's a 90% chance the rest of our semester is canceled and we are not coming back after spring break. So I, I won't even deny it. Me and my friends, I told them, and then we told half the school. We're telling everyone we see, like, hey, you know we're not coming back after spring break, right? Yeah, I heard it from so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, it's for real. So then that's what made it more the Wild West. Everybody was acting like it was their last time, man. We had people acting crazy, people throwing parties. I, like, legit, like, 
unisex parties, but like people just throwing absolute ragers. Like people are getting drunk in the dorms. Music was blaring all hours of the night. You kind of just did what you wanted to do. People are skateboarding in the lobby, like doing tricks and stuff on the couch. You know, it's crazy. And during that time, I walked in with Heath. He was an RA. I walked in. This is a story that a lot of people have been begging for me to share on a podcast. I waited. So I walked in one time and we saw two people going absolute to town in the public lobby of Cash Wilson. You heard that correctly. I saw two people creating love with each other and I was scarred. He quickly reacted as a good RA, but I mean, I, I was scarred, dude. And I know who they are too. I'm not name dropping them, but gum. Word on the street was they did it in every single building on campus. That that was a goal of theirs to do it. And other word on the street, and this isn't like actual word on the street. I know for a fact this stuff's true. I'm just being funny. But word on the street was they wanted to do it, and word on the street was they did it, like actually. So they actually did that, which is crazy to me. But the craziest story of all from our Henry, our movie night was we call it Henry's Crazy Moment. So we know COVID's happening. We know we're not coming back after spring break. So we're all just like, we. I think me and Remy and a few others specifically, we skipped like the last three days of class. Like I'm not even joking. We skipped the last few days of class knowing this doesn't, it doesn't matter. And we were hanging out just in our rooms, just playing video games, watching movies. And so we're watching a movie. And one night I had candles in my room, freshman year specifically. I didn't really have them later in life. I did some sophomore year, but freshman year I had candles in my room. And, uh, and I'm not even sorry for that. But we knew we had a we had a lot of contraband, not like illegal items, just not Williams allowed items in our room. And so we knew if anyone ever came in there, we kind of worked to deal out the RA, not like a don't tell anyone. We know we you know we have this. Just kind of like a if you don't see it when you walk in then it's not there kind of thing. So we did that. But so my, my thing was candles. Everyone else had their own little thing. I think we had a microwave in our suite too. Don't even remember. But we had candles everywhere. It smelled nice. It was good. Well, Henry got up, took a thick piece of paper in the middle of our movie, thick piece of paper. So it's going to sit there for a bit. And he sticks it in the, in the candle pulls it out and is just watching it burn so majestically almost like he's infatuated about the fire and it totally went bad like it really backfired on us because we saw we literally watched with our eyes and saw like you know the smoke um doing that it was really really not good and so we freaked out and went crazy with it and I was nervous and I was scared. So the first thing I do is I go and take it from Henry. I'm like, give it back, Henry. That's not good what you've done. Andrew runs to the window. Boom. He's opening the window. Rightfully so, you know. He's opening the windows. Um, what else happened? Remy darts to the other room to get a fan to blow the smoke out. Knocks over his sugar case smashes on the ground and Remy lost all of his sugar rest in peace and it was just crazy you know it was like really 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 crazy but it was really like still funny you know like we really enjoyed it even though it was like crazy stuff going on so just to kind of expand more COVID happened after that crazy night. We didn't get the fire alarm pulled, but we couldn't let those smoke detectors go off. So it was just whirlwind for about 35 seconds, like a movie and stuff. But freshman year is by far my favorite. Sophomore year is a close second, but there's still bad things about sophomore year, which made it not in the second overall. So we got sent home for COVID. We come back, and right before we came back, we had an infamous camping trip, and it was just kind of crazy, dude. We said we were going to rough it, and we didn't rough it. But we were out there catching our fish, acting like, you know, we were we trying to survive, man. It was awesome. Sit by the fire. We had a nice, warm, hot fire while it was 95 degrees outside. You really can't ask for anything better. So we come back, and one thing, because COVID was here, so we had a bunch of these rules, you know, things that we had to do. 
And so we um we had to do a bunch of things outside. And one of the things that we started doing outside was we had to we went to this abandoned school, right? So if you know about this abandoned school, it's like over there kind of behind the chicken house, the chicken farm. It's pretty good ways away past the chicken farm, but that's where it's at. And so it's back there, and we went a couple times. That's how I got to meet a good friend and got to get to know a good friend, Cassidy Clayton. Shout out, Cassidy. And we, me, her, and a bunch of others would always just take random trips out there and stuff, you know? But it was a lot of fun, and that's one of the things that we did to be outside so that we didn't have to wear masks when we were around each other. Because Williams was really – Williams was, like, really, really crazy during their COVID time. Not saying it was not right because, you know, COVID was crazy. A lot of people didn't know what was going on with COVID, but it was kind of annoying and stuff. So like they had you wearing masks inside every building and you were supposed to wear a mask everywhere inside of a dorm. Well, Cash Wilson, we did it. I know in other doors, they probably didn't either. But like when you went behind those private lobby doors, there was no mask in sight. Unless you wanted one. If you wanted one, good. Wear one. If you didn't, you didn't have to wear one. At least that's not how we enforced it. So we, with COVID being crazy, um, it was just kind of tough. I was a first year RA and that had a bunch of crazy moments. We had just like really weird moments. All my crazy stories of being RA really are like that night, you know, or that, that year. Like I got to be a part of some other things, you know, like, uh, this guy getting in trouble and doing all these room searches and, you know, things like that. I got to be a part of that in the other years, but this was the year it all happened on my hall. So like we had one time, me and Noah, we were on Lower Wilson together and we had no air condition to start the year. Shocker. But we had no uh, air. Like there was one time we were on there and we like walking by this dude. And he's just walking his girlfriend down. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, bro, what? So we had to go and bust the dude. I hated these confrontations. So I would send Noah. But that's okay. Noah didn't mind because when we had Bradley Whitlow's room, Bradley, if you ever heard this, I don't believe you ever will, but if you ever heard this, you're a cool guy, all right? Dadgum, your room was horrible. Your room was terrible. Noah stepped in one day, and Noah about vomited everywhere, and I had to go in there and check his room for a room check. And then we had this one guy who wouldn't stop touching people. He's really weird and stuff, and it was just kind of, it was kind of crack, kind of crazy. But um, the worst thing that happened that year on Wilson Hall was our um, flooded floors. So we had a messed up toilet, right, issue on that hall where a lot of toilets on the hall would not flush. So like that, whatever that little thing behind a bowl of the toilet that holds all the water when you flush, those things wouldn't fill up with water. So you couldn't flush. You had to like manually pour water into flush. And then eventually that stopped working. It would just immediately drain out. So that happened to a bunch of toilets on our hall. Not everybody's, but a bunch. And we found out it was the school's issue or the Walnut Ridge City issue. Can't stand them. But what they did for us, because we had no bathroom, they opened up the Carter, you know, the Carter next to the Student Success Center in the mailroom. They opened up the Carter bathrooms for us, like left them unlocked at nights, and we'd go in there and use the bathroom. Well, then I heard that once people found that out, a bunch of bad stuff goes on. I think a baby was conceived in that Carter during that time. Literally, no joke. And it was just crazy. So then they closed it and then they opened up. The, they said that we would have like periods of time. We could go to the bathroom. It was crazy. So eventually we all just stopped doing that. And we just went with other people's rooms that we knew, but it was really crazy that our toilets didn't work. And what made it worse is that like, I one time brought it up to our president. I was like, did you know this? I went like legitimately like four weeks without my toilet working. He's like, no, I'm like, that's crazy. I will say this. The worst thing about Williams which is something that if you're just an average student, you really won't experience much. But if you get into any form of leadership, the worst thing you will notice about Williams is that they have the whole school is pretty bad at communicating with one another. There's a lot of people never on the same page. There could be a one big issue go on, and some people never even know about it. They like should know about it. So it's kind of tough sometimes. But we um we had bad toilets. So one day I wake up, I have someone's banging bloody murder on my door and I just like whatever dude it's a Saturday morning I just stayed up to like probably 2 a.m and I was sleeping in and it was like eight o'clock so I jumped off the bed and when I jumped off the bed my feet planted in water my feet planted in water and I was like oh 
I was wearing socks too. So I open the door and it's Bradley. He's just losing his marbles. His toilet is becoming like a geyser. It's just shooting out water and flooding down the hall, flooding into other people's rooms. It was a disaster. We spent all morning and afternoon like cleaning it up. And small moments of that happened again later. Not that bad, but other times that would happen. And so I made some moves to help try to make some recognition. I had like people recognize like this is really not a good place to live. And then the very next year, of course, they like updated Wilson. You know, they got new sinks, new toilets, all that. It was awesome. So shout out to Wilson. But some other cool stuff that happened from sophomore year was we had the big snowstorm. You know, that snowstorm that took us out a whole week of school and we got, we went sledding, shout out Cash. He was really known for taking that truck and pulling you around on a tire. Cash did almost break my arm though. He hit a ramp or like a snow pile where I hit it at a fast speed. Bro, I got, I went like a mile in the air and landed flat on ice. Really hurt my arm. So that sucked. Basketball games weren't the same that year because of all the mandatory COVID rules and stuff and uh, my freshman year was the best, by far the best year for basketball, in my opinion. Just like the energy, the excitement, and no offense to any of the other teams. You guys can be good and stuff, but it's just like you just had to be there. Like the atmosphere, the gym, the team was also like really good. We went on a hot run at the end of the turn year. It was awesome. But the snowstorm was really cool. We had a lot of funny moments there, you know, just acknowledging that we're not going to have school like, probably the whole week. And we did a lot of shoveling. I got my car stuck couple times actually we played in the snow we went exploring in the snow it's awesome but to where i kind of do a reflection of each year during this episode there are going to be like these funny moment stories and this one's probably the far by far the best one so it's a golf story because if you didn't know i played golf for williams baptist specifically for the first two years of college second last two years i was on roster technically on scholarship but i was not active so we're going to play one morning. It's a Saturday morning. Nobody likes to get up and have to play early on Saturdays for a qualifier match for next tournament, but we had to. So me and Remy rode in his truck early morning to Ridgepoint in Jonesboro, and it was crazy. It was outstandingly annoying, and that's we had to go there to um, play, play golf. Well, we knew we weren't going to qualify for the tournament, so we were just there to have fun or be miserable. One or the other. Well, it turned out to be miserable. We had a really bad day. We weren't hitting good shots. We weren't hitting good like putts. A bunch of dumb errors because we could never stop ourselves from being bad. And it was just annoying, you know. We had enough. So we played the first nine. It was miserable, and we like are in the moment of like we're ready to be done with this. You know, we are tired of playing golf. We're ready to go home. But you know what? And we were frustrated, but we were like, "Thank the Lord, we're done." Well, no. That's not actually true because we got past hole nine and coaches sitting there saying, all right, go start 10, go play the back nine. And he pairs us with a girl who was the most annoying girl in the world at that time, only because she could not stop talking. And we were playing bad. Me and Remy play bad. That's just an expectation that everyone else from the year before had on the team. But this girl was new and she thought she could fix us. She's like trying to teach us and coach us and, pity us and Remy was about to deck her with a club he was about to take her out and we never find the body and it was just horrible we played another bad game she was driving us up a wall we wanted to go home so the dime comes we finally get to go home we are just utterly defeated like silence from Ridge leaving the golf course Remy put on the song 1-800 by Logic you know it's about suicide awareness and the first half of first really quarter of the song is like really really sad and depressing and then it has like an uplifting ending well remy would play through the sad and depressing part you know i've been on the loop i've been taking my time i feel like i'm out of my mind i feel like my life ain't mine who can relate and then then it's like i don't want to be alive i don't want to be alive i don't want to die today you know all that stuff all right i just want to die that's what i meant Remy would play that part. And when it got to the end of the bad part where then it was transitioned to the next part, which is like, I want you to be alive. I want you to be alive. Like the happy part. Remy would stop it and he would rewind it and play the sad part again. And there was like no talking. I was also like, I was very defeated that day in a way I've probably not felt since. So we are just defeated. We pull into the Bono Sonic and Remy just 
Remy just decks one of the sonic signs. I'm not even going to like try to sugarcoat it. Smokes it. Knocks it off the, the pole. Knocks it on his sides. Damages it. He just looks at me. I looked at him. My face did kind of display a bit of shock. He just put it in reverse, and we left. Wasn't our proudest moment, but we were also in the absolute dumps. Remy was on, he was on watch. We were on watch for Remy. And the only times we spoke that entire ride, we didn't even speak after that incident. The only time we spoke the entire ride was, I said, you so depressed? He goes, yes. I go, me too. I don't have like clinical depression, but I experienced the emotion of depression and being depressed during that time. But that was one of our last few things we did of golf, and then we never played with them again. So there's some good endings. Sophomore year had a good ending. Sophomore year was just a good year in general. I really enjoyed it. The worst, there was this other time that I tried to pull a move. So one thing I'll complain about is William, their, their COVID quarantine policies were out of the roof crazy. So the way they had it was if you got exposed, anybody in your radius you know, got COVID in your class seating charts, and you had to go into quarantine. If you were just exposed, it was quarantine. And, you know, everybody had these different opinions because everybody was the doctor in the world. But I still to this day don't know what the real thing to do with COVID would like would have been. But when it was like, so you got exposed, right? I got exposed by this girl because she was sitting apparently in my radius in class. I don't even know who it was, but they confessed by accident and told me it was a girl. And so I had to go into quarantine. Well, the rule was you had to wait four days in quarantine before you could be tested. Four days. Well, I just didn't think about it or I didn't care. I can't remember exactly why I did this. But on the third day, I went and got tested. I never had a symptom. I never felt bad. On the third day, I went and got tested. And, you know, they also didn't allow that specific year. I think the second year they allowed it. But that specific year, no rapid test was allowed. Like the Williams wouldn't accept those. So you had to go get a regular test. So those take like two or three days. Well, mine took about four days. So this was like early that week. Um, I waited three days. So about Wednesday, I get tested. And on Friday, it was okay. It wasn't actually as long. On Friday, I got my result back. It was negative. I only, I only know it's Friday because I'm about to tell you the next part of the story. This is during the Christmas season. Friday, I got my test back and it's negative. So I go to eat in the cafeteria and I just get immediately swatted by our dean of students at the time and two others. I mean, I just get swatted, like almost like they came out of the bush. What are you doing, Ethan? You're still in quarantine. And I was like, well, I tested negative. When did you get tested? Wednesday. You're supposed to wait four days. You're supposed to get tested on Thursday. I said, well, I'm negative and I don't have any symptom. Well, by by COVID-19 policies and our rules here at Williams Baptist University, we require you to wait four days before you can have an accurate test that we will accept. I'm like, that's so dumb. So Friday, I immediately left that interaction and I went and got tested again. Well, thing was, Sunday night was Christmas at the Cove, my favorite tradition at Williams. And I wasn't going to get my test back till the next week. So... I by Sunday afternoon that night, actually about five o'clock, I still felt great, not single symptom. So from so from Monday to Sunday, I was exposed on like I guess between Wednesday and Friday of the week before. Monday's when they told me and they locked me up in quarantine. So from Monday to Sunday, I had no symptom, and even Saturday and Sunday before that. So I was like, I want to go to Christmas at the Cove. So I put two masks on. Then I put a gator mask, one of those pull-up masks, over the th- as acting as a third mask. I bundled up so much you couldn't even tell who I was. And I was walking around, you know, having a good time at Christmas and Cove by myself. I was staying away from people. I was also, I was also outside. No one else even had a mask, and I was outside with three. Surely I was safe. And my main thing was I went about six to seven days without any symptoms after being exposed. So I get caught because the snitch of a girl, she sees me. She recognized me somehow. Stupid. And she goes, Ethan, don't you have COVID? Aren't you in quarantine? 
Well, then everybody looks at me. And of course, guess who she's talking to? Latino students. So she waddled over there and came over there and said, Aiden, this is not right. You need to go back. And she says, I'll have Chicago escort you. And Chicago legit stood right there looking at me like, I'm about to take you back to your room. I'm like, no way. No way this is happening. I said one smart mouth comment back, and I got a $50 fine for it. It's crazy. So I went back to my room, and I cried on my way back. I'm not even going to lie. I was alone. I had been in lockdown for seven days. I was just ready to see people. Sydney knows. I'm, I function. I, I can be recharged by communicating with people. I'm that social. So sophomore year had really good moments, you know, hanging out with those friends. That was Braden Brock, all of them last year. And that was an absolute awesome year to hang out with them all the time. We played a lot of games. We watched movies. We did stuff together. But there was also some bad, which is why it's second. Then junior year came. And junior year, I'm not even going to lie to you. I don't really have many good memories from junior year specifically. Like I have some decent ones. Like, and remember, this is a Williams related podcast. So like in my church life, in my relationship with Sydney, junior year was amazing. I had a great year of church. First year being an intern, I got engaged to Sydney. I had a really good life group. I had a great year of junior year in that regard. So it's not like the entire year overall sucked, but my experiences with Williams sucked that year specifically so i was sga president i came back and i was having to like you know arrange that whole ordeal which wasn't that bad that's not why it sucked but noah so our residence director taylor baker shout out taylor baker he left to take a new job and he had to go ahead and leave that job to get ready for the next one the one he was at and so the noah became ard well the rule for ard is you need to stay over the summer right you need to stay over the summer she makes sure that everything's ready for when everybody comes back and moves in. Well, the thing is, Noah stayed as the male ARD, but the, the girl ARD did not stay. She apparently thought she was too good to stay. So she left. And Noah had to do all the job by himself, and he didn't have a boss, so everyone treated him like the boss. So he had this load of weight on him, brand new to the job. No advice, no guidance to help him really as much. And here's what made it crazy. So this was the first summer of Williams Works, people staying over the summer to pay for this thing, which I think Williams Works is a sham too, but that's a whole other conversation that I won't have on this podcast. But... And I'm not saying you can't have a good Williams work experience. There's people that do like it. But from what I've seen and heard from people who are in it, I would never do it. And my brother who's coming to Williams, I told him he it wouldn't be worth going if they would have made him do it or if he had to do it. Anyways, Williams works people stayed over the summer and the cafeteria stayed open so that they could eat, which is reasonable. But the thing is they wouldn't let people in if you weren't not on their list that was given to the school. Guess who wasn't on the list? Noah. Noah wasn't on the list, the ARD who stayed over the summer. And there were two RAs that stayed over the summer as well. One was a guy, one was a girl. They did not let the guy do it, but they let the girl go in there and eat. Dude, I'm telling you, I was mad for Noah. Noah's calling me and telling me all this stuff. I'm so ticked. I come back from my trip in Phoenix. I stayed at home for about a week, and then I had to go help Noah. I had to go help him out. He was in really rough place with all the load they gave him. And it just really, really hurt me as a friend. He still took some he took a lot of time to recover from that dark time. So we didn't have a residence director. Because he used to be a guy's resident director and a girl's resident director. Well, then we hired one. His name was JT. And he really didn't do a good job. He kind of came in, saw it wasn't exactly what he thought, and he left about three weeks later. So then Noah, boom. And Noah never had to stop doing the job. It wasn't like, oh, give it back to Noah, the responsibility. No, he did it the entire time because JT never really got acclimated with the area. And so it was very rough kind of. But COVID was over, so I guess that was a good thing. I lived in Lower Cash, and I really enjoyed that room. But here is where things could took a turn. Now, in moments of this time, I'm going to share a story about my old residence director, Mike. Some of these comments may not sound good. I'm not saying it in the terms of degrading Mike. 
I'm more so saying these things in the terms of telling a story and telling what happened. Me and Mike have acknowledged at the day of my graduation that we really didn't have the best work relationship and that we really didn't like each other in the work sitting. I would admit that. I did not like him as my boss. But as a guy, if I was not at Williams and I was just like an adult, I could have a friendship with Mike. And I mean that. So I acknowledged that and we hashed that out on the last day. It was kind of like a, we were always like, we, we learned how to be good with each other, you know, like work with each other and not have like, and I learned to like not be frustrated with him all the time, but I really had a rough start with him. So he comes in as the new boss and he asked me to move to Butler. Well, I didn't really like Butler. I thought Butler was the outcast Lance, you know, and I'm not even going to lie. I really did think it was like the outcast Lance. Well, I decided to, I decided to go eventually and do it because of just enough persuasion. And Noah was like, they're about to replace my old shower and build a brand new one, like tile floor and all that. And I was like, that's amazing. Christmas break begins. Boom. Go. I get engaged. All this awesome stuff. I come back and they were working on my shower, but they were working on my shower and had started the day I moved back in. So my shower's just stripped down. There's nothing in there, no shower. And with the mix of availability when they got to work, getting parts in, it took them about three months to finish my shower. It wasn't until about March I got my shower. So I went from January to March without a shower in my part, my room. I had to go walk to Noah's room and take a shower every single day if I wanted to be clean. And the bad thing about that was dad gum. It was winter time. And that was unacceptable on the school's behalf. And I'm not going to call these people out specifically, but there was a group of people that I t- called us the, the suck ups. Some of these people I'm close friends with, so I don't mean it in the worst way. Some of them I don't like anymore. I used to be friends with, not anymore. And some of them I never really liked. These people are the people who care a lot about their image. And so if you can love Williams and want to not hear me say anything bad about Williams, that's different. But these people think that me saying this is going to hurt them. Too bad. So the suck-ups got so mad because I'm just like going on a tangent. You know, I'm just like, I have no shower. I haven't had a shower in two and a half, three months while living here. And I thought that was unacceptable. They should have started that while I was gone for Christmas break. And the shower should have been done or almost done when I came back instead of starting it the day I moved back in. So I was really frustrated. Junior year, second semester was really a tough time. Like a lot of my classes kind of got a little difficult. Um, I didn't have a shower. I had a really rough start with Mike. I just wasn't, I did not enjoy working for him. And I really almost did not come back. And it was just a bunch of crazy stuff. Well, then it ended. All right, to see, there wasn't that many crazy stories, funny stories from junior year. In terms of Williams related. And like I said, this was going to be funny, but there is like a Williams tell-all attitude with this. So then we came into senior year. I stopped. I didn't run for SGA president again because of the load on my schedule. My vice president ran for SGA. And senior year had a semi-decent start. I wasn't excited to come back and work for Mike after the way things ended my junior year. It was something I dreaded looking forward to all summer. And I was an intern in my church, and I was working for Mike. And I did it for one semester. When I was an intern and an RA, the first semester of my junior year, it wasn't that bad. Second semester, they were always like competing for me. Like there was, there never seemed to be a middle ground between both of the people that were in charge of me. Like it was a, I need to miss this event with church because I have to be at this event for the RA because that my boss said it's mandatory. I can't miss it. Well, that stinks because we need you at this event and it's mandatory and you can't miss it. So you need to talk to your boss at Williams. So I go to talk to the boss at Williams. I need to miss this event here at school because I have a mandatory event that I have to be at with my church. Well, I told you about it first, so that takes higher priority. It's just like a constant debate of my thing's more important than their thing, so you need to be here for that. Even though for both of the things, I didn't really have to be either one, like in terms of it doesn't function without me. So it was tough and it was annoying, and I was not looking forward to doing it again with another school year. Well... 
Um, things were crazy. I didn't run for SGA president. I regretted it because this is, I won't name drop, but of course you know who I'm talking about. I'm just going to be blunt. They didn't do a, really a good job with SGA the second year. And it was kind of discouraging, you know, because I really liked SGA and I was proud of some of the things, steps we took. SGA as a whole did a good job, but the president did not. And I won't shy away from that. Uh, from what everyone told me on the team, six total accounts specifically, he did a horrible job. And uh, one of them was our class sponsor, our SGA sponsor. So it was kind of discouraging. I was like, oh my goodness, this is not doing good. And my classes were hard, but that's not like a complaint. That's just reality. You know, you, you, don't, you don't complain about having hard classes. That's not on my bad list here. Um, I got in a car wreck. That was crazy. And I kind of just dealt with that. But there wasn't like all these like crazy things. You know, about my senior year, like there wasn't all these fun moments. I wasn't just sitting there having the time of my life. Second semester junior year and first semester senior year were almost identical. It just kind of was like, blah. Well, then the last semester of senior year started. And I wish I had more funny stories. And like I have funny stories in terms of like we had some laughs here and there at the table. But it was really just tough, you know. It was really tough. And this is a this is going to be a, the part of the podcast where I kind of just go off. So I started my internship with Sloan Hendricks, and that there was a lot of other personal things in my life that kind of had a really rough time. Uh, my church internship really took a drop of enjoyment of treatment. It was just really not enjoyable for that springtime. So I was dealing with all that on the outside. The internship was good. It was Sloan Hendricks, no complaints. Uh, my friend group to a degree was falling apart. I had a fallout in that first semester of my senior with a, a friend that I had. We kind of had a bunch of buttheads moments. And then at the moment of this singular moment that happened, it was kind of like, I'm done. We are no longer friends. We're just acquaintances that have the same friend group and we have to smile at each other. I was very fake to him, just being honest. And he was fake to me. He's one of the most fake people on campus. And I wish the school would have recognized that sooner. I mean, he's a very fake person. I never said anything because their first response to any criticism was defense, defense, defense. You know, you couldn't actually have a conversation with them about because at first it turned, it started off as those like, hey man, I'm noticing this, this, this. Just wanted to make you aware of that. But whether I made that approach or, bro, y'all fake, bro, it was the same response. Defense, defense. And the defense was physicality. Like, I'm trying to fight you because you insulted me, my pride. I want respect. Well, this person does not have my respect and they never will. And they, I wish the school would have been able to see who they really were. It's a shame to me that the school didn't know more about their personal life to put put them on the pedestal that they put them on. But it was just sucked being around him a lot of the times because of hanging out with our friend group. Our friend group kind of took a fall in terms of just certain areas of things. That's, I'm not getting into that fully. But I almost got fired my senior year being an RA because of a bunch of disagreements with Mike, they eventually, that was the first semester. They actually eventually picked up and we actually, we finished, I think strong in terms of a good working relationship with each other. But I was just really down that second semester, that last semester, this last one. Busy. I was not enjoying being at school at the time. There's just a lot of other, uh, like I always enjoyed being the RA for the guys in the dorm, but not like sometimes doing the job. And there was still just that constant dealing of the personal stuff outside of the school. And I was really just, I'll be honest, I kind of was depressed. My second semester, put a smile on my face. The brightest part of the semester was two things, looking forward to my wedding and streaming. I loved streaming. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved doing it. And I, of course, was making the podcast. I started Ethan's Thoughts speaking my senior year. But I loved it. I loved streaming. I would look forward to streaming. 
So these are like moments I really look forward to and stuff. And I looked forward to being married. My mistake was I got too excited for graduation marriage to where I just felt like I was trapped. I was ready to be there so bad. And I never, I don't deny I wanted to be ready, but it was just tough. Well, the last two weeks had a lot of redemption. I had a really good last two weeks of school, hanging out with my friends. We relived a lot of the old times. You know, we had a lot of fun. I talked about that in my reflection episode though. But my time in Williams was unreplaceable. I learned a lot of hard lessons in the good way. And then I learned a lot of hard lessons in the hard way, the bad way. And I did the best that I could. At times I do, I got regrets. I, re, I, re, I regret not trying as much in class. I regret skipping class a lot. My sophomore year and junior year specifically. I regret how I handled some situations. You know, you always got those regrets, but you don't. So you don't dwell on the regrets. You just learn from them. But Williams gave me four really good years, as I've said before, where I got to grow in a safe environment as a person, and I don't regret them at all. I don't regret going to Williams, even though I dealt with a lot some of the crap that I dealt with. The worst thing in my semester, though, I will say, of the past one was the internet. You probably heard about that, but. I had bad internet in the room. It wasn't getting fixed. I'm talking like months. Bad internet, not getting fixed, and Cash Wilson and Butler. And you kind of just feel like nobody cares. Well, then I eventually learned what happened. I learned where the empty, like well, where the split between the cracks was. And I'm not going to share what it was because I haven't told a lot of people. But it was quite annoying to learn that. But... Williams is special. I'll forever remember it. I will be back on campus visiting my brother and sister who are going to be attending Williams. And that is my Williams tell all, really. I talked about all the funny times, the tough times. It was. Um, I talked about all the funny times, which was really my first two years. My first two years were legit other than COVID. Like, minus COVID, sophomore year was amazing, awesome. And freshman year was so much fun, awesome. Minus COVID at the end. Junior year and senior year had a lot of rough times. But you have those rough times. You learn from them. But thank you guys for tuning in to the Ethan Tell All. I talked a little trash to some people. I told the truth. I said when I was frustrated. Kind of don't know if I met your expectation in this episode. But if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to follow the podcast. Give us a five-star rating if you don't mind. And share this with a friend that you think would enjoy these stories. I will be back from my honeymoon for next week's episode. And that's where I'm at currently. Of course, not actually. I pre-recorded this, but when you hear this, I'm on my honeymoon. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'll be back next week. Thank you guys for being so awesome and supporting the podcast. Peace out.